This is Together 24-7, Episode 17. Hey, everybody. We know you love audio. Why else would you be listening to this podcast? Through Audible.com, Together 24-7 listeners can get a free audiobook. That's a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash together. Again, the website is www.audibletrial.com slash together. Welcome to Together 24-7, the show that talks to entrepreneurial couples about their business lives, their personal lives, and how to balance both without driving each other crazy. Here's your host, Barry and Catherine Cohen, showing how you can be business partners with your sweetheart and sweethearts with your business partner. Barry and Catherine have been married since 1996, in business together since 2003, and have survived to talk about it. And welcome to another episode of Together 24-7. I'm husband. I'm wife. And uh, a, a happy anniversary. I would say belated happy anniversary, but we spent the day together yesterday. So for our listeners who will be listening to this long after our anniversary, not long, but a little after our anniversary, we have now successfully completed 19 years married. 19 years. You don't, don't sound so excited. How? How have Did you put, put up, up with, with me? You? I have no idea. Not only do I put up with you being married, but I also put up with you in business since 2003. You're so lucky. I'm so lucky. <laughs> but for, enough about us. Tell us where we are and why we're here and who we're talking to. Okay. And, and I see that we've, we've got a grandfather clock in there. But uh, today our guests are Abe and Barb Fetter and uh, Fader. You always say Fader, and I always want to say Fetter, and we uh, we know these guys for a while. And the company that they have is the Restoration House. They do art restoration and framing. They've been in business together for 37 years. Some people don't even, like, stay married that long for 37 years. Or they have a number of different, like, you know, marriages in that amount of time. But they are with the Restoration House. Uh, it started in 1977 with the Frame Factory, which became Frame In works with the n and the apostrophe no g framing works and now it's restoration house they are both uh, also involved in the rotary club of tempe south uh, abe served as the district governor of rotary in 2012 and uh and barb served as district governor in 2001 so they've both been district governor i think it was fixed i think it was fixed yeah the election was probably fixed i know that uh, i think it was i think it was Barb's car, which has the uh, the license plate Rotary on it, so she is she is devoted and dedicated to the Rotary, definitely, definitely. And before that, they they met out here at GCC. Guys, what is GCC? Glendale Community College. Ah, Glendale Community College. So we were trying to figure it out. I thought maybe Gateway or well, it could be know. Gateway Community College yeah, too. Yeah. But Glendale Community College, uh, they've been out here for quite some time. Barb was born in uh, Germany, and uh, Abe was born in Brooklyn. Yay, Brooklyn! And uh, but they've been out here since the fifties, so they are. They, we've got little it, little noises and little there's, things. There's music. there's music. Don't worry about it, Abe. Don't worry. We're just going to continue on. There's music in the background. They have a beautiful home in Mesa. It's really cute. They've got collections of of lots of things that they've gotten from Rotary over the years. So tell us, uh, fill in the blanks for us. Tell us a little bit more about you guys and and uh, and the Restoration House. Well, basically the business started, um, I was a banker for 10 years. And during that period of time, I worked with uh, business people and businesses that they were starting up. 
And eventually I reached a point where nobody knew what I was doing. Uh, I had a lot of autonomy and I thought, well, I could do this. And was looking around for a business that had a, a low mark for starting it up. And I was interested, I was already work, woodworking and doing things, repairing things, uh, antiques. And so it seemed to be natural as I explored the different businesses using the resources of this organization I worked for, that perhaps a picture framing business would be the place to start. And uh, started the business um, a few months after the first child, or second child that we had was born. And then uh, subsequently in a very short time, uh, drug Barbara into it because there were things that I was no good at that I knew that she could do. So that's basically how we started the business. Sounds cool. And you do guys, you guys do have two adult children. Are either of them involved in the business at all? Were they growing up involved in the business? We connected with our kids uh, when they got old enough to be able to work in the store. Uh, they came in after school, during high school and college. Uh, Aaron, our son, the youngest, uh, is an air traffic controller now. Um, he is colorblind, so he couldn't help much with the design. And we always used to laugh and have to premix filler putties for him because he always missed the mark on the colors. Uh, our daughter, Lisa, was just took after her father, uh, just a natural born salesperson, and really grew in the business. And people sought her out for both design and just the fact that she was so much fun to work with. You mean aggressive? Aggressive is a good <laughs> word, yes. But it was great because at one point Lisa said, I now understand, Mom, why when, when you come home from work, you don't want us attacking you with everything that happened during our day because you need to decompress a little bit from working with customers all day long. So that was a great relationship builder. No, our children are not in retail. Uh, having grown up in a retail family, uh, their whole lives and having to sacrifice and then we would make up with great trips and so on but it was tough uh, for them growing up with us having uh, holiday hours and so on they swore off ever being in retail themselves in retail and that's yeah. a that's a really funny story about your son because my dad was colorblind and my parents owned a shoe store and uh, and did she repair and back in the 70s, um, if any of our listeners even know what the 70s are, but um, back in the 70s... Bell-bottoms, patch bell, pocket pants. Bell-bottoms, patch pocket pants. But if you were in a wedding party, you had something called a potassois shoe. And basically what it was was a white material shoe. And you brought that into your local shoemaker with a swatch of your bridesmaid dress. And the local shoemaker would created dye to match the dress and <laughs> we tried to keep that my father could could fix the shoe and could dye the shoe but we tried so desperately to keep him away from actually creating the color and he thought he created it well but he didn't turquoise mine were turquoise <laughs> <laughs> very cool very cool so um tell us a little bit about how and why you started in business together Basically, uh, what happened was that as we started the business, we had um, uh, Lisa, our daughter, was a couple of years old and our son was newborn. Uh, as the business developed, I realized that there were things I needed to get done, bookkeeping, ordering, um, you know, sending out receivables. Barb took that on. Uh, I'm not good in that arena. Um, I've always been a hands-on person. Uh, 
the the reality was that uh, I couldn't afford anybody. So she was the cheapest person to get involved. And I uh, worked for free for five years, and I finally looked at him and I said, you know, I think I want a paycheck. Uh, so he put me on salary, and and he did the old husband line of, you know, it would really be a good idea if you learned how to do this in case something ever happened to me. And did you? And I did, and but I fell for it. Yeah, the line worked. Yes. Way to go, Abe. So uh, then I started taking over maybe a little bit too much, and at one point Abe said, you know, we've been getting a lot of pressure because we were doing a lot of gallery business in Scottsdale, and our store was in Tempe, and some of the gallery owners had put some pressure on Abe. It would be really great if you had a location in Scottsdale. So we decided we'd have a store in Tempe, which was Barb's, and a store in uh, Scottsdale, which was Abe's. And we ran that for, what, 15, oh, 12, 15 years? No, actually, uh, it was 18 years. Wow. It was 18 years. Yeah. It only felt like 12. Yeah. No, it felt like an eternity. <laughs> yeah. But I did the payables and receivables for both stores and set up the advertising. Uh, it's interesting when you look at that in uh, different markets, there was a, a great deal of difference between the advertising that would work in Scottsdale that wouldn't work in Tempe and vice versa. So that was a learning experience, just that close together. But I got really involved in the design work and then uh, started buying art from um, art dealers and started having art shows and turned the store in Tempe into a little gift shop, art gallery, frame shop, uh, to the point that one customer came in and said, you know, it's so great to have your store here in the neighborhood. You're like a little oasis in the middle of Tempe. We don't have to go to Scottsdale for the nice stuff. I thought that was a great compliment. That is a great compliment. So you guys, you know, looking at your bio sheet and everything, you have been in business for 37 years. You were married for 47 years. You're together for 47 years. Before you met and married and decided to have a business of your own, were either of you entrepreneurs or come from an entrepreneurial background? I had always uh, done stuff that would, I think, qualify as a entrepreneurial spirit. I had a uh, uh, lawn mowing route. I had about 32 houses in my neighborhood and I would mow yards. And basically, because my parents were cheap, I needed (laughs) some way uh, to come up with money. Um, And that was the way I did it. Uh, Later on, I got into buying and selling uh, tropical fish, raised them in my house and uh, in in my room and sold them to pet shops. So yeah, I was always playing around with uh, that kind of thing. Now, just for fun, I just got to ask, what did you charge to mow a lawn back then? Um, It was, depending on the size, and if you wanted front and back, and if you wanted it raked, it was two fifty, five, or seven fifty. That's dollars, people. That is not hundred. That is, you know, two point zero zero. But you have to realize that Abe and I were really kids when we got married. We we met at Glendale Community College when it was a brand new campus, um, and I was nineteen and Abe was twenty. And Abe actually had to have his dad go down with us to the courthouse and swear that it was okay for him to marry me. Wow. And that she so, didn't drug me before that happened. Yeah. We've really grown up together. That is amazing. But, uh, Abe, I'm, I'm just going to say, were your parents cheap? 
or were they giving you a life lesson that you would carry on till this day? They were cheap. They were cheap. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> Um, so when was the moment, you know, Abe, you started the business, uh, you, you dragged Barb in with a, a few lies and probably some wine. Kicking and screaming too, eh, I think. I don't know. When was the re- the moment that you realized that you actually could do this without ruining your relationship? Um, I think that Barb may have, you know, I was 30, mm-hmm. she was 29. I think that youth has um, advantages and disadvantages. The advantage was that we weren't smart enough to know we could fail. Um, I, I spent time in the banking business, and I saw plenty of businesses fail. But at at 30, with a newborn, it would have been the absolute worst time to do something like that. But it seemed like it was the thing to do, and I didn't think we would fail. So that's basically when I did it. And I had done some work for two gentlemen um, that had businesses. And they said, have you ever thought about going into business for yourself? And I said, every day. And they said, well, what's stopping you? And I said, money. And they said, okay, what if you had the money? Would you do it? And I said, yes. And they said, how much money do you need? And I said, this amount of money. And they said, okay. Wow. And so the financing was there. Um, They had a business that was in this field. And I originally was not supposed to have a store. I was supposed to sell and market the franchise because Frame, um, Frame Factory was a franchise. And we started out that way, but there was ruminations that took place between the parent company and these gentlemen who owned the Western region. And basically, I ended up in a store because there was nothing else that I could do. And um, that's basically how I drug Barbara into the business. Did we know we were going to succeed or fail at that stage in your life? You're not going to fail. I don't. I don't think it even comes into question. Yeah. No. Just, you just do yeah. it. Just yeah. do it. Don't. I, I would advise people if you're if you're thinking of going into business, have a backup plan. But if you even think in your mind that you're going to fail, don't do it yet. Absolutely, don't do it yet. And Barb, did you ever think this might put extra pressure on our relationship if we start working together? If I start working with my husband. When Abe and I met, he was engaged to someone else, and I was dating somebody else. Um, His somebody else was a flight attendant, so she was flying to Europe back and forth, and uh, my someone else was going down to the University of Arizona in Tucson. And I think we both learned that long-distance relationships were not for us. Um, Abe is a touchy feely kind of guy and he wants wait, to wait, have you have to his... qualify that Barb. You're on radio. Please, <laughs> please, please have, do. He wants to have his girl around. Okay? okay. Uh, and it just worked out that, um, we found each other, but we were first friends and kind of just, gee, there's a dance this weekend. Why don't you come? No, you know, nothing else attached. Just come to the dance. And then it came a little bit more, but it it moved quickly. We met in September, went to the dance in October, were engaged in March and married in May. Wow. Wow. So uh, we didn't have too much to think about, but we, we liked each other first. And it was a struggle. You know, when you get married, there are differences, differences in religion, differences in beliefs. 
uh, differences in politics. I'm differences Republican. in height. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Republican. He's Democrat. We've had some great discussions on that. Um, but it never really, I never really felt that we were jeopardizing our relationship by being in business. Um, I I was stupid not to demand a salary and put a value on myself immediately. And I would definitely suggest that you work that out so that you're not working for free. Um, you know, wait, it, it, it depends on, on the perspective. I mean, I think Abe did a great job as a business person to get a free employee. Oh, absolutely. And, you and, would, and especially probably, out of his wife. Yeah, and probably have that same person cook him dinner every night. Yep. Yeah, Abe, yeah. you did good. Yeah. Smart. She didn't cook every night. Lots of times it was, here, pick from uh, side one and then side two. Do one you, from column A, two from column B. Yes. Do you remember Swenson's Ice Cream Parlors? Yes. Well, in the shopping center where we have originally opened our store and were there for 10 years, there was a Swenson's Ice Cream Parlor. And we probably ate 3,000 meals there. Bubblegum ice cream was my son's favorite, along with their um, egg salad sandwich. Yeah. Which was the entree? Which was the dessert? Uh, it depended on the night. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam Voodrag would always add extra bubblegum to the scoop. It was great. Very nice. So you talked a little bit earlier about the division of labor. Um, and it started out, Abe, with you and your talents being the, the person who was doing the framing and everything. But Barb, you came into that as well. And there was a little bit of overlap in that. And Barb, you became the accountant, the back office person. Was there any overlap in that? How did you decide on on how you were going to do that? Oh, Abe just said he wasn't doing the books. He didn't want to do it. Didn't want to pay the bills. Didn't want to even look at the numbers. Although he, he would analyze that. Uh, but he didn't want to really do anything to have to do with paperwork or filing. So that automatically just fell to me. And I didn't have a problem with that. I've always been pretty good with that type of organization. Um, the design work for the actual artwork that, that uh, customers would bring in, I had a very good friend that I made through the business who was an interior designer. Her name was Marion Kirsch. She's no longer with us, but um, Marion was great as far as teaching me what she knew about color composition and what goes with what. And it was a lot of fun working with her through her clients. And I picked up a lot of information from her for design. So now I'm not stumped very often uh, if someone comes in with an item for framing. And I've always really enjoyed that. And since we've closed the retail location over the last two years and are working mobile, I've had the opportunity to go to people's homes and walk in the door and I'm just overwhelmed with the amount of framing and design work that they had us do that really enhances their house. And they, they, you know, it's great because Barb, look at this, you've done our whole house. Look how great it looks. And that's really fulfilling and satisfying to know that they appreciate it. And when we did try to say, we're not going to do this anymore, the customers came back and said, no, we won't go anywhere else. You have to keep framing for us. So we've got our little loyal group of customers that call and say, can you come on over and help us with this piece? How wonderful. And, and I've got to try something right now. Catherine, I don't want to do the books. <laughs> That's funny. 
<laughs> Although I just finished all the tax stuff, so I, I just did a majority of that. We're, we we we've got to get an accountant. That's it. That bookkeeper. Bookkeeper. We have no, an we account. have an accountant. We have several, but we just need a yeah, bookkeeper. Yeah, paperwork is not paperwork our strong is not suit. our strong suit, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to try now to instigate a little bit, take you back into the deep, dark crevices, crevices of your memory. What was the worst entrepreneurial fight, argument, spat, brawl that you guys brawl? have had? Really? Brawl is physical. I'm, I'm thinking there was one. Look at these guys. Okay. They're, they're ready. So horrible. Okay. I'll fess up to this one because it's very difficult for me to look at my husband and say, honey, you were right. I have the same condition, Barb. But the question came in about 2008 of, do we stay open or do we close it up? And I won the argument, but I lost the battle and the war. uh, Because I really didn't give Abe a lot of choice. I said, I'm looking at the books. We've gone through a rough patch give me five more years, I can pull it up and pull it out. And he said, okay. So we moved the store to a different location because the rent had gotten too high in our existing location and our favorite landlord had given up the shopping center. So there was no negotiating. And we moved the store, signed a five-year lease. Everything was going great for a year. And then 2009 hit. And the real estate market crashed. And we are a related industry to new construction, real estate. People move into a new house, be it new or used, they're going to redesign some of their artwork. They're going to need new artwork. When that went away, so did our business. We're still working to recoup from that. Now, I have to say, in fairness to me, and I told Abe this a number of times, is I didn't do this. I know that there's a lot that you would want to blame me for, but I didn't do this economy. And we're still coming out of that. And it's not true ex- confession time, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as I won the argument, I lost that battle in war, and we're still paying for it. But we're paying for it. Okay, well... I'm trying to think how Did to work. You, 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 can't, you can't make it any better. There were violent arguments. So if that's what you're looking for, if you're trying, to dig, the, up, if you're trying to dig up the dirt, it's, it's there. Um, in a relationship like this, to be quite frank with you, um, it's hard. And some of the questions I know that you've talked about is separating um, your personal life from your business life. Yeah, let's talk uh, a little bit about that. Go I, ahead. I can tell you that it's very difficult to do that. Um, in a business that's a retail business, if you are really um, concerned about your business and you deal with people, we've had clients that have gone on vacations with us, clients that went to our kids' weddings. Um, the the things that are in critical to realize that in a in a business like this, it isn't uncommon for us to spend a couple of hours with a client designing a piece. You get to know them a little bit. Sure. And you develop a relationship as you become re- repeat customers. So to be able to separate your uh, personal life from your business life in a small business is really difficult to do. Do you develop parameters? Yeah, you do. You attempt to try to separate parts of that. But to be honest with you, the way we did that was to join a service organization. That's where Rotary International came in. And... Even though we um, 
belong to that organization. We're in separate clubs. We do different things at different times. But again, it's a continuation of the relationship that we have, even though it's separate from the business. And the reason we do ask this question, actually, is because we want our listeners to know that you can actually get into arguments, get into violent arguments, <laughs> not physical, but arguments with your spouse, with your partner in business, but get through it, still continue the business, still be in love, still have a great marriage. So, you know, people want to know, hey, wait, you know, I just had this argument with my wife about business. Are we ever going to get past this? And they need to know, yeah. We never never got close to divorce over um, the business. We got close about divorce when Barb got involved in Rotary because it impacted our business so strongly at one point. I was there all the time by myself doing all of this stuff, and I thought, this is insane. I, I see money going out. No money comes back in uh, from Rotary, and why is she doing this? And that's really the crux of what can hurt your business and your personal relationship is not necessarily the business and the personal relationship. It's outside stuff. And then I kind of got rotary and I can tell you that it's one of the best parts of our lives. And let's go to the flip side of the negative with the, with the argument. What are some of the joys of working and living with your partner? Well, we've jointly made friends from customers uh, through the business, and we would have never had that gift without it. We created a really strong relationship with our children by bringing them into the business, even though we knew that they never wanted to stay there. But during those uh, formative years of uh, junior high, high school, and college, they were with us. So, you know, you add all of that in. Rotary, I would have never found Rotary if it hadn't been a customer that came in and said his wife nudged him and, and uh, said, ask her. There was a membership drive going on in Rotary, and we had been in business um, for 10, 15 years. And it was a perfect time where I looked at it and said, it's time for me to pay back. This community has supported our business and us. Now it's time for me to pay back. Not realizing the overwhelming impact that Rotary International would have on our lives. Uh, Abe joined Rotary the year that I was district governor. And he still didn't get it until I drug him down to Caborca, Mexico, for a National Immunization Day giving out polio drops to kids. And he had this the snottiest-nosed baby that I have ever seen that was teething and drooling and just a ball of goop. And I looked at him and said, good luck with that, honey. And he gave that child those two drops, and he looked up, and he was a puddle. It's like, now you get it. So since then, we've gone to Mexico several times. We've gone to Pakistan twice. We've gone to Bangladesh. And that doesn't count the numerous uh, Rotary International conventions that we've attended. Um, that satisfies our souls, and it has been a tremendous bond to us. And that's something uh, important, even though Abe had said it almost put a wedge between them, almost, but not quite, Um I think it's important to have something to do outside of your marriage together or separately 
outside of your business, something that Barb, you said it so perfectly that feeds your soul. Um, you really need to be rounded. It can't just be business, personal, business, personal, but you really need to be rounded. And so we would encourage entrepreneurial couples, whether you're thinking of getting in business together or are already there, figure out something to do together that gives back to the community. Do you know what feeds my soul? What? Pizza. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. (laughs) So guys, uh, tell us one or two things that you do to separate your business time from your family time. It's a tough one to separate all the time because we wake up in the morning and something comes up. Did you call so-and-so? So-and-so is going to come in. Uh, We need to make sure that we get this project done, that project done. Pretty much when I call Abe in from the workshop and say it's dinner time, that his clock is turned off and we'll sit and have dinner and then watch our brand new big screen TV. It's a beautiful TV Thank too. Thank you very much. Uh, and then on the weekends, we pretty much don't do business. Uh, we've kind of in a, a semi-retired state. Um, Abe's trying to cut Maybe his Maybe you're hours. semi-retired. I'm still working seven days a week sometimes. <laughs> he came in the other day and he said, I'm shortening my work day to six hours, Barbara. And I said, great, that's fine. Do whatever you feel like you need to do. Because it's nice to have the workshop in the back. You can go in, he can come in, play on the computer, look at some anvi- uh, antique Victrolas on the computer, make some phone calls, and then he has a little bite to eat, goes back out to the shop for a few hours. So it it really is a handy um, situation that we have. Very cool. Yeah, work, working from home, it really does make a difference a lot of times with things like that. That's Catherine and I work from home, and you wake up in the morning, somebody hopefully will make the coffee. <laughs> yeah, there's there. everyone's pointing to Abe. That's right. <laughs> And then just head right into the office, get get to work, take a break in the middle. But you, you get the opportunity to do that where when you had your retail shop, you were there. Yeah. Period. You, it was just kind of difficult. And my dogs, are, my dogs are happy too. We're home, so they're not in, you know, closed up all the time. That's so, good too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what, if any, books are you guys reading right now? I'm reading 1493 by Charles Mann. Um, I would recommend... Uh, that book, it's 1491, and then the second book was 1493. Um, it's really interesting. A lot of young people do not get history or get into history. But it's really important for us, when you look at a business, why is a business successful? Why can a business become successful? History can teach us so much about where we've been so that we know where we're going to go. It's clock time again. It's clock time again, yep. And I'm reading a book called Kiss Every Step by Doris Martin. Uh, Abe found the book actually up in Flagstaff when we were up there a month or so ago. And it's a narration of members of a family that survived the Holocaust intact. Wow. All four children and both parents survived, which they, they estimate that they are probably the only Jewish family in Europe that did. Fantastic book. And guys, you'll get to see that on our show notes. We'll have links to it. So these both books sound really interesting. They do. They do. So if you can give our listeners one piece of advice, and you've got a lot of years that have accumulated for good advice. That didn't sound nice. Well, no, I didn't mean it. Like, they're not old. They're very young. They started when they were 10. Um, 
Well, 19 and 20, but that's close who's, enough. Who's counting? One piece of advice for, for our listeners, what would that be? Um, I think it's critical that you, if you're looking at going into business together, that you identify your strengths and your weaknesses, um, meaning that you want an overlap. If you're both weak in one area, you might be able to hire some expertise for that. But if you're both weak in a lot of areas, like you don't like to work with your hands and you're thinking about starting a construction company and you don't know anything about it, that's not a good business for you to go into. Overlapping means filling the voids, and I think that's critical. The other thing is that's important is to be able to ask for the help when you need it, knowing that if you have some areas that are incidental, that are empty, that you need to fill, that you know where to go for the expertise. And then I think the third thing that's really critical is that there's a lot of luck involved in having a successful business. You can plan the plan and you can work the plan, but there's things that you can't figure out. And sometimes it's those things that really create success or failure for you. Interesting. Very cool. Very good advice for everybody. Are you doing the food round? Sure. I'll do the food round. Do the food I round. love the food round. Uh, what is your favorite meal to either cook together or your favorite meal at your favorite restaurant? Well, Abe doesn't cook. My daughter used to say, Dad is so funny. He's like a little bird. He sits in the corner going, feed me, feed me. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a friend that uh, opened up a restaurant several years ago, T.C. Eggington's. I'm familiar with it. And Tom uh, has, we've known him since Glendale Community College days, uh, but his Eggington omelet is the best. Fantastic. So, yeah, we got to go to T.C. Eggington's then and try the Eggington omelet. That's for sure. Absolutely. And uh, last question, red, white, or beer? Actually, for me, it would be clear. It would be tequila, and Abe can't drink anymore. I can't drink anymore, uh, not because I don't want to and not because I'm an alcoholic, but because of an illness that if I drink, it comes to visit. Um, for me, it's red, white, beer, tequila, anything that has alcohol experience in it is good. <laughs> but right now and for the last uh, 10 years, it's been nothing, nada. Not a, so, so he drinks coffee. So you drink coffee and you live uh, vicariously through Barb's tequila. Um, I, I just smell a lot. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. <laughs> I mean, I smell things a lot. <laughs> Hello, listeners. We know that many of you are tuned into the show because you're looking to start a business with your spouse or life partner. If the business you're looking for is to help small businesses grow and prosper, if you're concerned about economic ups and downs, if you want a business-to-business -business company, well, then you want to start your own barter exchange. Want to learn more about what a barter exchange is? Don't even have the foggiest clue? Then go to www.barter21.com forward slash together. That's www.barter21.com slash together for your free ebook and a $150 discount certificate to their Launchpad Plus setup and training. Listeners, you have a business. You need a website. There are a million choices out there, so where do you turn? Well, HostGator.com has one-click WordPress installs, or you can use their drag-and-drop website builder. They also have service and support available around the clock every day of the year, so you know you're in good hands. 
They already have low prices, and now HostGator.com has taken it a step further for our listeners. Use promo code TOGETHER247 to get 25% off their hosting services. Don't wait. Hit pause now and sign up at HostGator.com, unless you're driving. Then wait till you get where you're going. Remember, use promo code TOGETHER247 to get an additional 25% off at HostGator.com. Okay, and now we're going to go to um, one of the one of our audience favorites of the of the show, and that's the pet peeve of the day. Normally, either myself or Catherine will do it, but Cat, we have a guest. We have a guest. Abe is going to do the pet peeve of the day. In our attempt to become more efficient, I think that we lose something. Um, when was the last time you called into a doctor's office or to any other business and actually got a live person that picked up the phone right away? I have found that it's become more and more frustrating to try to make contact with a real person. I don't think it's more efficient. I have gotten to the point where if I have a recording that comes up, the first thing I try to hit is the zero because I'm hoping that'll take me to a live person or to a, to an operator. Um, doctor's offices seem to be the worst. They have a number for uh, hours, for prescriptions, different number. Uh, if you want to talk to the doctor, you can leave a message on this number. It just goes on and on and on. And what should take two minutes? It just takes forever. And I think we're losing the fact that we are human beings and we cry, crave uh, connection and communication. And I don't want to talk to recording. That's a great piece of advice for our business people out there. And so I want to thank you guys both for being on the show. We had a lot of fun doing the interview. Tell us how we can get in touch with you. If uh, anybody wants to get in touch with you, find out a little bit more about your framing, about some of the things that you do. Barb, how do we get in touch? Abe will actually answer the phone. His cell number is 602-622-7289. The business number is 480-839-839. 5847. You might get a machine with that one. And then you can always reach him uh, on his email, abefader1 at gmail.com. And all this will be up on the show notes. And as for us, how do we get in touch with us? Well, let's see. The first place to get in touch with us is our website, www.together247.net, on Facebook slash RealTogether247, Twitter at RealTogether247. Periscope together 247. Email together at together 247. Does it ever stop? It, it never stops. It never we stops. are everywhere. We're, yeah. And, and what makes it even more fun is after this, they're going to hear a little music with our outro that's going to have even more stuff on there. So, that's right. So uh, thanks again for being on the program today. Right. And we had a great time. And everyone in our podcast land, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Thank you. We want to thank you again for listening. Be sure to go to iTunes to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, and review it. And if you have any suggestions, just email us directly, together at together247.net. Check us out on our website at together247.net slash resources for some great ideas, resources, and offers for your business. And don't forget to click on our sponsors' links as well. Do you own a business with your sweetheart? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at guests at together247.net. And don't forget, we have a new episode every Monday and every Thursday. So go ahead and subscribe and keep on listening.